Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Make sure to check out our website to see any upcoming events that we have. We have quite a few this holiday season. Also, be sure to like and subscribe. That way you can see all the content that we have rolling out on YouTube. We hope you enjoy the message. So let's jump in, right? Uh, We are in the midst of an Advent series um, entitled The Gifts of Christmas. We're exploring four gifts that Jesus gives us in our relationship with him. These gifts are found in a section in the book of John. We're going through the book of John. They're found in the section known as the farewell discourse. So in this section in John, Jesus is sharing some of his final words with his disciples before he is crucified. This is not the time for chit chat. He is sharing with them some crucial things that he wants them to know and receive before he leaves. Some specific gifts that he wants them to embrace gifts that are incredibly relevant to our lives today. Last week, Pastor KJ did a great job talking about the gift of peace. Today, I want us to look at the gift of thriving. In John 15, verses one through eight, Jesus invites us to experience the gift of a thriving life. I love this passage, all right? It has been so formative in my own life, and I can't wait for us to explore this together. So it's John 15, verses one through eight. Let me read this whole passage and then we're gonna explore it together. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, Jesus is using a simple and yet powerful metaphor about how we experience a thriving, fruitful life. In this gardening metaphor, the vine is the source of life to the branches. So the only way a branch of a grape vine will have grapes is by that branch being connected to the vine. We totally understand how this analogy, how this principle works in a garden. So Jesus takes that analogy and he applies it to our lives. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. In other words, I have created you to bear fruit. I have created you to experience a thriving, vibrant life, to flourish and grow and thrive spiritually, emotionally, relationally. This is God's heart. This is his desire for you and for me. This is his gift to us. He he created us to experience what Paul describes in Galatians 5 as the fruit of the Spirit. What is that fruit? Things like love and joy, things like peace and patience and gentleness and kindness, things like 
faithfulness and goodness. I mean, who doesn't want to experience those things more fully? Who in our world doesn't want to experience greater levels of love and joy and peace and relational health? I mean, this is God's purpose for us. This is his gift to us. Jesus is inviting us into a life of thriving, of fruitfulness, of emotional and relational and spiritual health. And in doing so, this is so cool, we actually bring God glory. Jesus says in verse eight, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Can you imagine the impact if every Christ follower on earth began exuding a peace that passes all understanding? And it began exuding a love for our enemies and a joy no matter what the inflation numbers are and a kindness and a, and a faithfulness and a patience. I mean, can you imagine with 3 billion followers of Jesus on the planet, that would have an immediate and substantial impact. It would give God glory. Okay, so all this sounds amazing, but how do we experience this thriving life? Well, Jesus tells us, so let's look at this analogy. It's, it's probably best summarized, I think, in verse five. So read this out loud with me, all right? Here we go together. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so how does a great branch bear fruit? Not by trying hard, not by pushing out the fruit, not striving. No, no, no. It bears fruit by remaining connected to the vine. So how does a follower of Jesus experience a life of fruitfulness, a life of thriving? Not by trying hard and pushing and striving. No, no, no. By remaining connected to Jesus, the vine. That's it. <laughs> that, 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 that is the secret to thriving. That, that is, this is the secret to our experiencing deeper levels of love and joy and peace and relational health. It's by remaining connected to Jesus, the vine, by abiding in him. Now, I love this. I love this because it exposes all the wearying, exhausting, striving paradigms that make the Christian life all about our effort, our goodness, our striving, our abilities, try harder, do better, jump higher. You know, I did that for years and it was exhausting. But this is how so many people think about the Christian life. This is how so many people live the Christian life. And in, in fact, this was the kind of life the religious leaders of Jesus' day were offering the people. This is all they knew. Here are the commands. Come on, do them. <laughs> you know, come on, you can do it. That's what they were offering the people. And that's basically every, that's every religion today, including the self-help movement. Here are the things to make you a better leader, a happier person, a more successful human being. Come on, just do it. Come on, you can do it. But that's not what Jesus is offering us. He is not another name on a growing list of self-help self-help experts and influencers. No, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
The only way to experience a vibrant life is by remaining in me, Jesus says, staying connected to me, so that my life and my power flow into you and through you on a continual basis. That's it. (laughs) That's the secret. This is not about religion. This is not a self-help strategy. This is about us experiencing an actual life union with Jesus, where as we stay relationally connected to him every moment, his life continually flows into us and through us. I mean, this is such a simple principle that can radically impact every one of our lives. A thriving, flourishing, vibrant life is not complicated, nor is it out of reach. Like, oh, it's just for other people. I'm just such a lousy Christian. No, this this is not out of reach. This is accessible to every one of us, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are. It is accessible to every one of us. All right, so let's talk more specifically about how we do this. How do we live this life in which we're remaining in Jesus and abiding in Jesus? Well, there there are three crucial and incredibly practical aspects of this that Jesus highlights for us here in this passage. And I I wanna draw these out and explore them together. All right, the first essential aspect of abiding in Jesus has to do with attachment, the issue of attachment. What vine are we attached to? Notice how in verse one, Jesus says, I am the true vine. The word true, this word true means genuine. It means real. So in saying this, Jesus is contrasting himself with other vines. There are other vine options that we can attach our lives to. And these other vines, Jesus says, are not genuine. They may be promised thriving in life, but they don't deliver. They can't bring us genuine life. Okay, so here's the crucial question. Here's the critical question at any given moment in our lives. Here's the question. What vine am I connecting to for life right now? What vine am I trying to connect to to find life? See, what vine are you and I attaching our hearts to? This is not about salvation here, all right? This is about how we are living our lives every moment of every day. At any given moment, what are we looking to for our identity, for our validation, for our acceptance, for our security, for our comfort, whatever that is, whatever that vine is, whatever that thing is, that's what we have attached our hearts to in order to find and experience life. Social media likes, the amount of money in our bank account, Cyber Monday purchases, how we look, what other people say about us, how our football team or political party happens to be doing or whatever. What, what, when, when we have attached our hearts to any of these things as our source of life and hope and joy and peace, we will not experience the thriving life Jesus is inviting us to experience. We won't. We won't. These other things are incapable of providing what our soul ultimately longs for and what we were created for. 
If, if you're looking to social media likes, what other people think of you on social media and respond to you, if you're looking to that as your source of life and thriving and emotional health, you will not find it. If, if, if you're looking to Amazon Prime shopping sprees and Christmas gifts to be your source of life and joy and peace, you will not find it. In fact, Jesus is very vivid, even blunt, in the way he talks about this. Look, look at verse six. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, this is really vivid language, right? Now, unfortunately, we often, typically as Christians, for whatever reason, we, we often read this passage and we immediately think of hell. Burning must be hell, whatever. That Jesus is talking about hell, and if we don't abide in him, we're going to hell. That is not what he's talking about here. This, this passage is not about salvation, Okay, can we just acknowledge it? it is not about salvation. He's talking to his disciples and they are all in. Okay, so this is not about salvation. The, Jesus, is, this is not a, a salvation talk. This, Jesus is using an analogy to describe how our spiritual lives work. In other words, to describe what happens to a branch that for whatever reason is not living in connection to the vine. A branch that is not connecting to the vine doesn't experience the life that the, that, that, that the vine is able to provide. And as a result, Jesus says, notice what, the, what he says here, it withers, it withers. Notice this is not the gardener punishing the branch. No, this is a branch that is withering. In other words, this is a, the natural consequences of a branch choosing to connect our hearts to something other than Jesus to things that don't bring life. And those things, they don't bring life. They end up eroding our soul. They end up robbing us of life and peace and joy. We wither. And every one of us here, we know exactly what he's talking about because we've experienced this, where there's some area of our life where in, during a season or whatever, we were not looking to Jesus, or maybe we're living this right now, not looking to Jesus. We attached our heart to something else. This book, this person thinks of me, or this amount of money. We, 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 in a season, we've attached our heart to that. And over time, what do we begin to feel? We begin to feel dry. We begin to feel empty. We, 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 we lose our sense of peace and joy. We wither. I mean, that's what Jesus is talking about here. When we choose in some area of our lives to connect our heart to any vine other than Jesus, we experience the natural consequences of that and we end up disconnected from our life purpose to thrive and to grow. Okay, so if that's what Jesus is talking about um, here in verse six, and I believe it is, what about verse two? Or Jesus says that the gardener, God the Father, will cut off every branch that isn't bearing fruit. That sounds like God is actively chopping off any people that aren't bearing fruit. For years, I wrestled with this passage because it felt to me like this is describing a very harsh and frustrated God who is just, God is sheer, he's just ready to punish anyone who's not bearing fruit. Chop, chop, or whatever, right? Okay, so I, I did some research on this word. It's translated cut off. It's an interesting word with a wide range of meanings. And sometimes it does mean to remove with force, but it more commonly means to lift up, to take up, to bear. See, in gardening, if a grapevine was hanging near the ground and not doing well, the gardener would lift up that grapevine and tie it to another 
branch that is doing well so that this branch could experience sun and air and begin to grow. When Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, this is the word he uses. This is the word he uses. See, I think what Jesus is saying here is that when the father sees a branch that is not bearing fruit, his heart is to lift up and bear that situation. That's the gospel, right? That's the gospel. If someone is not experiencing the life God intends for them, God's heart is not to discard them, but to lift them up, to help them see their need for him, to let him bear the weight of their sin and their failures. He bears the weight to let him bear the weight of their sin and, and failures. He places that upon him. He bears it. That's, that's a, this word can mean that. Now that aligns way better in my mind with the heart of God the Father that's reflected in the person of Jesus. He is not mad at us. He's not carrying his sharpened shears to cut off anyone who's not bearing fruit. No, his heart breaks for us over areas in our lives where we're not thriving, we're not experiencing fruit, and he wants to help us get back on track. All right, so what might this look like? A gardener who's, you know, doing this and helping us and all that. Well, just the other day, I woke up just feeling kind of angry and, and discouraged about some things going on in, in life and situations and stuff. And I just felt this inner turmoil inside. And, 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 and because I'd been working on this message in this passage, I stopped and I just asked myself, what, what vine am I attaching my heart to right now? because of this anger and inner and frustration, disappointment, whatever. What vine am I attaching my heart to in this moment? What, what am I looking to right now for my identity? What am I looking to for my acceptance, my validation for, for love or whatever? And I realized I was looking to other things. I was looking to other people rather than to Jesus. So these other things were my vine in that moment. No wonder I felt angry and discouraged. So, so I confess that to the Lord. I confess it. And by the way, to confess simply means to admit the truth. It's not about wallowing in sorrow. It's just about admitting the truth. And so I did. Jesus, I've been attaching my heart to these other things. And I confess that to you. And that then opened a door for me to reattach. Again, I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm talking about my experience of Jesus. It enabled me an opportunity to reattach my heart to Jesus. Jesus, you are my life. You are my acceptance. It was simple and yet incredibly transformative. My my outlook completely shifted. Now, here's the deal. Look, I'm I'm sure I'm going to have to do that several times this coming week. I almost guarantee you I will. And that's okay because this is what walking with Jesus looks like. The more our hearts are attached to him, the true vine, the more wholeness and joy and peace we experience. Okay, so that's the first crucial part of abiding or remaining in Jesus. It's it's attachment. It's continually evaluating and making sure our heart is actually attached to Jesus. And negative emotions like fear and anger and all that, those are a great opportunity to stop and ask, okay, what is my heart attached to right now? Okay, attachment. Second crucial aspect of remaining in Jesus is awareness. Awareness, and here's the question attached to this one. Am I consciously aware of Jesus' presence with me right now? 
At least three times in this passage, Jesus says, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. What what does that mean? Well, he gives us a bit more information in verse four. Check this out. Remain in me as I also remain in you. So how does Jesus remain in us? Through his spirit. We talked about this a few weeks ago in John 14. Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit who lives in us and who abides in us. And so Jesus is saying, just as my spirit remains in you, I want you to remain in me. But he's talking about a conscious, experiential awareness of his presence within us. This is so cool. This is something we can practice. There's this fascinating encounter in Genesis chapter, first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 28, where Jacob, he lays down to sleep. He's running from his brother and all that. He lays down to sleep and he has this amazing dream of a stairway to heaven, a connection with God. And when he wakes up, he says something so powerful. Look at what he says. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Huh. The Lord was there, but he wasn't aware of it. See, apparently, we can actually be in the presence of God and not be aware of his presence. Our awareness is the issue. See, what this passage in Genesis 28 and in John 15 are inviting us into is a life in which we actually cultivate a greater awareness of the presence of God who is already within believers in Jesus. We don't have to beg him to be with us. He already is. Jesus is inviting us into a life in which we intentionally cultivate an awareness of his presence. This is so powerful. The spiritual life is not about us trying to get God to show up. It's about us learning how to tune into a God who is already here. See, this is what makes this idea of remaining in Christ or abiding in Christ so powerful. It is not about us striving to get God to come closer to us. It is about us tuning into his presence within us, his spirit within us. See, what we're doing, we're, we're choosing to connect our hearts afresh with the vine just by cultivating this awareness. And this is how, Jesus says, this is how fruit actually happens in our lives. It's when we slow down and we let our hearts be experientially aware of Jesus' presence with us in this moment. One of the most impactful examples and influences in this living this kind of life was a man named Brother Lawrence and who lived in the 17th century. He was not well-educated, nor was he well-known. His life had been filled with suffering. As a, as a young man, he served as a soldier and got injured in battle. And he later tried to be a footman, but he was too clumsy and kind of got fired, you know, in that job. So at the age of 55, he joined a monastery And he spent his life doing simple acts of service, washing dishes, washing clothing. He had no position of power, no position of influence in the monastery. What he did possess, however, was a uniquely attractive relationship with Jesus that people all around him could sense, and they began to ask him about it. And so he wrote some letters to try to describe what he was doing, how he was living this way. And after his death, these letters were published and became a spiritual classic, really, read by millions of people. 
the, the Practicing the Presence of God. It's the name of the book. So in these letters, Brother Lawrence described in practical detail how he, how he just intentionally cultivated an awareness of Jesus' presence throughout his day, no matter what he was doing. So here's one quote. He writes this, I do nothing else but abide in his holy presence. And I do this by simple attentiveness and a habitual loving turning of my eyes on him when I'm washing dishes or doing laundry or whatever. I love that. Loving, loving, turning my eyes on Jesus. That's just awareness. It's washing dishes. I'm just loving while I'm doing this task. I am turning my eyes upon Jesus. He's cultivating an awareness. In another letter he wrote, I have found that we can establish ourselves in a sense of the presence of God by continually talking to him. See, Brother Lawrence intentionally cultivated this conversational relationship with God. He's cultivating this awareness of the presence of Jesus with him by turning his heart and mind to Jesus throughout his day, no matter what he was doing, and then by having a conversation with Jesus throughout the day. And this seems to be what Jesus is describing in verse seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask we're having a conversation. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, remaining in Jesus involves this continual conversational experience of prayer with him throughout our day. I mean, what would it look like? What would it look like for you and me to intentionally just create space or whatever while we're living life and doing things to intentionally cultivate this awareness of Jesus' presence throughout our day? Maybe it would look like turning the radio off while driving in the car or taking out our earbuds when walking the dog, or doing a hike. And, 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 and in that place, tune just in our hearts, looking to Jesus, just thinking about him and focusing on him, being aware of his presence with us on this walk, or as we're driving the car, as we're doing laundry, or ironing clothes, or whatever. All right, maybe, maybe it would mean just talking to Jesus when doing these mundane tasks of mowing the lawn or shoveling snow or ironing clothes, washing dishes, whatever, driving in our car. See, when we adopt this perspective, this is so cool, every moment is spiritual. Every moment is spiritual, not just, oh, I'm in Bible study, that's spiritual, but I'm at work, that's not spiritual. No, every moment becomes spiritual when we're cultivating this awareness of Jesus' presence, because here's why it's spiritual. Jesus is already there. <laughs> he is already there. The question is, are we tuning into his presence? Again, this is something we can practice. Practice, I love that name, practicing the presence of God. How do we practice? By just intentionally cultivating our awareness of Jesus and a conversational relationship with him throughout our day. And by doing so, we remain in him, right? We stay connected to his life-giving presence. Okay, so attachment. What is my heart attached to in this moment? And then and, and in awareness, the, those two things create space for the third crucial aspect of remaining or abiding in Jesus. And that is attentiveness, Attentiveness, and here's the question attached to this. Am I listening to the voice of Jesus? Am I listening to the voice of Jesus? Jesus often says in the book of John, I only do what I see the Father doing. He's in other words, he's remaining in the Father 
by listening to the Father's voice. And now Jesus is inviting us into that same experience. To abide in Jesus is to have a heart posture of listening to his voice. Now, it's really significant here to note how often in this passage, Jesus talks about abiding in terms of his word, right? Check this out. One is in verse seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. So here we see that a crucial part of abiding is our attentiveness to his word, allowing his word, his teaching, his words, what he's speaking to remain in us. And here's the cool thing. This kind of attentiveness to his voice, to his word, can have a powerful impact, which we see clearly in verse two. Check this verse out. While every branch that does bear fruit, so the other was this branch not bearing fruit. Now it's every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You, he's talking to his disciples, you are already clean because of the word I have, because of the word I have spoken to you. What is that about? See, Jesus, he's now talking about branches that are bearing fruit. And he tells us that in those situations, the father, the branches are bearing fruit, the father prunes out the lifeless leaves and all of that so that the more fruit can be produced, okay? That's what he's talking about. Now, I just personally feel like this pruning um, translation, this word, the pruning mentioned in this verse has kind of created a lot of confusion, I think. It's this idea, again, that God is just looking to chop off things in our lives, and it's kind of miserable or whatever. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. The word, and this is interesting, I just discovered this, the word translated prune in verse two is the exact same word Jesus uses in verse three that's translated cleanse or clean. You were already clean, why? Because of the word I have spoken to you. See, Jesus is saying that his word is what prunes us. His word is what cleanses us. It, 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 it helps remove dead things in our lives that are hindering us from thriving and bearing even more fruit. So, so again, this is why it is so important that we are attentive to Jesus' words because it enables this cleansing to happen. It enables us to bear even more fruit and to thrive. So how do we cultivate a posture of attentiveness to the voice of Jesus? Oh man, by, by spending time in the scriptures? either on an app, listening to scriptures or spending time reading scriptures, whatever, by listening to his voice, by asking him questions and paying attention to the thoughts that come to our mind. I talked about that in way more detail a couple weeks ago about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, but sometimes we're not asking him questions. And so if you missed that message, I encourage you to to listen to it. But when, when you think about it, what Jesus is describing here in this passage is so simple. It's so simple. Remain in me. And yet it is such an incredibly powerful and transformative combination to help us thrive in our lives. How do we remain in him? That's the command, remain in me. How do we remain in him? Attachment. Continually asking, is my heart attached to Jesus right now? Or what is my heart attached to in this moment? If it's not Jesus, then I need to confess that and reattach, right? Awareness, second part of abiding. Am I consciously aware of Jesus' presence with me? Am I just taking opportunities throughout the day just to be consciously aware of his presence with me? And then attentiveness. Am I listening to Jesus' voice? Is my heart open to hearing the voice of Jesus? And I asking him questions and listening to his voice. 
Those three things describe a dynamic relationship with Jesus that we can continually cultivate. Every one of us here, we can continually cultivate this. This isn't religion. It isn't. This isn't a formula. Do this, don't do that. No, this, this isn't a list of rules to follow. No, this is so cool. Jesus invites us into this dynamic relationship, this life union with him, this dynamic relationship with him every moment of every day where our hearts are attaching to him and we're aware of his presence and we're listening to his voice. In other words, we are remaining in him. We are cultivating this life union with him every moment of every day. That's the goal every moment of every day. Obviously, we're not there, so we're, but we're journeying. We're journeying to cultivate this kind of life. And here's what Jesus says about this. This is the key. This is the key to living in your true identity. That This is the key to living in your true purpose, to bear fruit. This is the key. This is the key to a life of thriving, a life of emotional and relational health. And it is so practical and applicable. So for instance, just an example, let's say you find yourself in the midst of an argument with someone and your anger starts to rise and you're just ready to, you know, um, what what if you intentionally chose to abide in Jesus at that moment? What if you just got just a moment of pause and you consciously became aware of Jesus' presence with you right then? and his presence with this other person, that he is here. And as you're aware of his presence, suddenly his peace and his love just come over you and you feel compassion towards this person. You realize you don't have to win this argument. Maybe Jesus just wants you to listen to them. And so you do. You make it your goal to understand what they're saying and suddenly, and this is true, the whole relational atmosphere shifts like that. The whole trajectory of that conversation shifts like that. It shifts, not because of some cool communication strategy, it shifts because you're remaining in Jesus in that moment. You're remaining in him. That's the power of abiding. It connects us in a fresh way with the life of Jesus, the true vine. And in that moment, his transformative power flows through us. I mean, what an amazing way to live. No matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our nation right now or our world right now, no matter what challenges we face, we can choose to cultivate this. We can choose to remain connected to Jesus. And in doing so, we can experience the gift of thriving. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Spirit of Jesus, we welcome you to take these words and now apply them to our hearts and our lives. So let's just practice this for a few moments. Jesus is here. He's here. Let's tune into his presence, okay? So first of all, I just want to lead you in some responses here. First of all, attachment. I want you just to tune into your heart right now. Right now. Maybe you're thinking about yesterday, what happened yesterday. You're, you know, there are emotions going on, maybe today or whatever. And let me just ask this. As you're tuning into your heart, is there any inner 
conflict, any turmoil that you're experiencing, maybe worry or fear or anger? Well, what emotion are you experiencing? I want you to tune into that. And as you're tuning into that, I want you just to ask yourself this question. What am I attaching, or ask Jesus this question, what am I attaching my heart to right now? And if it's anything other than Jesus, just confess that. Jesus, I confess I'm placing my identity on this person, on my spouse, on this situation. Just acknowledge that. And then just tell Jesus that you want your heart just to be reattached to him in an experiential way. You're just attaching your heart again to him as your life and your identity. Second response here, awareness. Let's just quiet our hearts. Just quiet your heart. As you're quieting your heart, you're tuned into your heart, you confess it to the Lord, you're connecting to Jesus. Now, just I want you to just take a moment and just be aware that Jesus is here. That the Spirit of God lives in you. So let's just take a moment And just focus on that reality of Jesus in you. His presence is here. We're just tuning, turning our heart to him and his love. And as you're in that place, let's just be attentive to his voice. Here's a question I want to invite you to ask Jesus just right now. Just ask him this question in the quiet of your heart. Jesus, what's the most important thing you want to say to me right now? And then just listen. Jesus, we want to be branches that bear fruit, that thrive and grow. And we know the only way that can happen is by remaining in you. It's not complicated, but it feels complicated in the busyness of our lives. And we, we want your help to practice living this lifestyle of attachment continual attachment to you and and, an awareness of your presence with us no matter what we're doing. And this attentiveness to your voice so that 
Every moment of every day, this is our goal, every moment of every day, we are, we are drawing our life from you at work and at school and at home and on interactions and all. Every moment we are drawing our life from you and thus bringing glory to you. That's what we want. We want to bring glory to you as we're bearing this fruit of love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness. God, would you do that in us? And it's not about us trying hard. It's about us abiding and remaining in you. We love you. God, thank you for this opportunity for the next several minutes here, really just to be in your presence and to enjoy you in worship and worship and to respond to respond to you, whether we're sitting or standing or kneeling, there's plenty of room up front to kneel. Just however, whatever posture, this is all about Jesus. It's just about delighting in him and enjoying him in the midst of all the things going on in our lives and our world. Jesus, we want to delight in you and abide in you and enjoy your presence right now. So come, Holy Spirit and move in us and just make us more aware of your presence. God, we love you. God, we love you, Lord. Hey, so wherever you're at after this message, if something's stirring in you um, or the Lord just spoke to you during this time and you want to talk about it or have somebody pray with you, we are here for you. Uh, you can go on to our website. We have a chat button on there and we always have somebody there that will talk with you, pray with you. Um, but we just want to be here as a support. We hope you were inspired today. Um, and again, make sure to like and subscribe so that you can get more content in your feed.